online and on your mobile. From the UK to the world, this is Diverse FM. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Robin and Friends, a podcast featuring highlights from some of our best shows on Diverse FM. It may contain some cheeky chats too, so enjoy. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm Robin of Robin and Friends. In this episode, it's another chance for you to listen to one of the conversations we had in our early breakfast show back in August 2019. That was the part of the show where I invited、uh, our opinion panels to join us in the show. To talk about one certain issue, maybe it's a news and current affair, maybe just a like gossip thing, something that people could have a chat about. So this week, we'll listen back to one of the conversation we had about law and order. We talked about whether it is a good or wise choice for the government to invest more into prison in the judicial system, or is it better to invest the money into education system? Well, it's not just primarily、uh, focusing on the judicial system versus education system. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be like opposite side. And our opinion panel, Alexi, has a lot to say. This is a podcast from Diverse FM. The early breakfast show with Robin Shaw. This week we're talking about law and order. Prisons in England and Wales are to receive one hundred million pounds to improve security and cut crime. The government has said the airport-style security, such as X-ray scanners and metal detector、uh, detectors, would be introduced in more prisons. It added, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said, stopping weapons, drugs, and phones getting into jails will prevent them becoming the factories for making bad people worse. But Labour accused him of tinkering, adding the cuts to led to the unprecedented level of violence in our prisons. It comes after Mr. Johnson announced a program to create 10,000 additional prison places, and said the Crown Prosecution Service would receive an extra 85 million pounds over the next few years to help deal with the rising violent crimes in England and Wales. So this morning, we invited our commentary group to voice opinions around prisons and sentences. Well, let's ask Alexi from a commentary group, shall we? It seems that it is necessary to put more money into prison when seeing these situations happening. Generally speaking, what do you feel about the move to a possible tougher penalty towards prisoners and putting more money into the prison system? I think everyone agrees that crime is bad and we need to stop it. It seems sensible and logical in every way. Until we ask the question, "How tough is tough?" then we find ourselves asking, "Do we need the death penalty to be tough on crime?" The answer, I believe, is no. We don't. The fallacy that crueler punishment deter crime doesn't take into account that there are complex social and economic factors that drive crime rates. And secondly, criminals don't often plan on getting caught or think through all the consequences of their actions. So simplify stats, I'm afraid, don't help either. But since Canada stopped executing, the murder rate has dropped by 44 percent. But this doesn't mean that stopping executions will stop murders. But it does demonstrate that the issues that drive and prevent crime. Are too complex to fit into one-line statistic or soundbite. 
So the point I'm making here is that preventing crime takes long-term research into the causes, effective police work and rehabilitation, all of which can happen without the use of the death penalty. Do you know how much we spend on average per inmate? I'll, um, I'll speak to the stats in America. Well, according to the Vera Institute of Justice, incarceration costs on average of about $31,000 per inmate per year nationwide. In some states, you're looking at about 60000 per inmate. In 2010, the federal, state and local agencies spent a combined $80 billion on corrections, supervisions, confinement and rehabilitation for those convicted and accused. So if the American budgets reflect our values or the people's values and the trends revealed in these stats are a reflection of its nation's priorities, then it needs to be revisited. I believe we should be spending more money on rehabilitation and research. But more importantly, we need to adjust this trend of states spending more on prisons than on schools. We need to invest more in prevention than in punishment, to invest more in schools and not prisons. Well, we have been seeing different types of prisons um, what in Finland even allow prisoners to leave during the daytime. Some even offer computers, leisure facilities, and, and, and Jane, do you agree with that though, Alexi? Is that necessary in your views to provide such environment to prisoners? Yes, there's a few, there's a few prison, uh, not just in Finland, but across Europe, which you would like to end up in, I guess. Some of the examples would be the Bestoy and the Helden prison, both in Norway and the Chandois prison in Switzerland. Yes, they have uh, comfortable quarters with relative privacy. They have uh, skill building classes, TVs, movies and video games. Uh, some of them have fully equipped gym and musical recording facilities for long-serving inmates. I think the open prison, Kirava, is the one that you've um, you've mentioned. They have open space and they can work in the greenhouse, potting and hang out with animals. This prison is actually used to um, help the inmate, inmates make the transition back to regular life. Now, I do believe investing in rehabilitation and in its facilities are crucial to help inmates getting back to the society. But also in the 60s, researchers across Nordic countries, they've actually started investigating how much punishment really helps reduce crime. Well, the conclusion is it doesn't. It was actually a critical uh, research piece showing that imprisonment really doesn't work and isolations, alienation doesn't really help. So looking at Finland, and if we can use Finland as a model, as an example, over the last three decades, it remains its um, panel policy bit by bit. Sorry, it remade its penal policy bit by bit, and now Finland had one of the lowest rates of imprisonment on the continent. What, in your view, should a prison look like, though? Well, in my view, it should be humane, and the efforts should be directed towards rehabilitation and building facilities towards gradual reintroduction into normal life, which is why this kind of open prison really offers and has proven very effective. 
Meanwhile, the new home secretary Priti Patel in the UK has said that she wants criminals to literally feel terror at the thought of breaking the law. Does this sound practicable? I mean, what can government do to reach this goal, Alexi? I think it's a lot more complex than throwing a one-liner. If we look deeper into why there's been an increase in、um, UK's youth violence and of there's 48% increase in knife offences over the last four years, well, could it be because of the cuts to its youth services? Could it be because of this growing numbers of children being excluded from schools, which you know they're not being taken care of? There's no home for them to go to. Could it be because there's a failure of statutory agencies to keep young people safe? What we're seeing here are warning signs of our society on the brink of breaking down. Whilst this stop and search policing tactics may drop the crime rates in the meantime, however, it doesn't prove that it will cut violent youth crimes. For example, the New York City police used the stop and frisk 696,000 times back in 2011. But proves by simply ramping up searches, it will not solve the problem. We need to address the root causes. For example, look at the social characteristics of the UK prisoners. Here are some facts: almost half of the prisoners in UK prisons have ran away as a child. About one in three females and half of its male prisoners were excluded from school. And the majority of them have no qualifications. Less than five percent of the general population have two or more mental disorders, as compared to seventy-two percent of its male and seventy percent of female who have been sentenced in prison. Majority of the prisoners will not have a job to go to, so it's all fine beating our chests and pumping our fists and adding more police to toughen the forces. But it doesn't address the root causes, which the stats are clearly indicating. Well, let's hear what Boris Johnson would like to do in terms of prison system, shall we? We're putting money into、uh, every aspect of the criminal justice system. So we're putting more police out on the street, twenty thousand、uh, more officers out on the street. But there's no point asking them to arrest more people、uh, and put people away for for long periods for serious sexual and violent offences unless you have the places. So we're going to have another ten thousand. Places, but as you rightly say, I don't want to see prisons just being factories to turn、uh, bad people worse.、Uh, we need to be making sure that、uh, they're educated and that there isn't a culture of gangsterism and drugs and criminality in the prison. So what we're doing today is putting 100 million into scans and to checks of all kinds to protect the staff and to stop the prisoners bringing in. Put it bluntly, in their elementary systems,、uh, drugs or mobile phones or, or whatever, which greatly degrade the, the life in the, in the prisons. And then, of course, what you also need to do is make sure that、uh, when they come out, there is a proper plan to resettle them and to get them jobs. And that is, I think, is a huge national challenge for us. I want to see more companies doing what, say, Timpsons does, and taking on ex-offenders, giving them the chance of. Uh, a path to redemption. That's what we should be doing as a country. Well, it is that controversial questions that has been discussed all the time. Some people advocate the return of death penalty. Some protest against it. What is your comment, Alexi? Well, longer jail will be cruel to a death penalty, though. They did the crime. They should do the time. Ironically, with the death penalty, we're not talking about time. We're talking about the opposite. 
Let me give you an example of Muran Sukumaran and Andrew Chan, the infamous Bali Nine. Now, both men acknowledged their crimes and recognized that they must face punishment, but a death sentence deprives people of the opportunity to reform. Many others who languish on death row all across the world have acknowledged their crimes and reformed. There is no benefit to this day in killing these people. It's a senseless deprivation of life. I guess the counter-argument is that the threat of death forces these people to reform, but the evidence for this simply isn't conclusive. Before you ask, isn't it cheaper to execute? Well, a study is done in California, discovered that it was actually more expensive to execute a person than to keep them in jail for life. It's not about trying to be cruel so that we throw these people into prison for longer. There are a lot of people who have done horrific and unspeakable things, but modern societies not join their ranks by also carrying out a murder. People are judged by their actions, and killing another human being is about as profound as actions come. We can't take back death. We know that systems make mistakes. And we are lucky enough to live in a country where the majority of people oppose this cruel punishment. Is there anything more that may cause the rise of criminal right then, especially among young people? What do you think, Galaxy? I don't see this as being a single event. Rather, we need to review our society. It's systemic. It's how it functions. We need to combine it with research and what we know of, you know, some of the social characteristics of um, the prisoners. We'll use the UK prisoners as an example. Um, we know children who are abused or have run away from home have no home to go back to. We know that they're excluded from schools. Those who are not well educated and then leads to no jobs. Some of them then develop, say. Mental disorder,、um, children who are missing their parents, who you know has a family history、uh, of parents pre- previously being locked up in jail.、Um, these are the families who are hollowed out by aggressive incarceration policies. Then these children have an even harder time escaping their circumstances, which really is creating a vicious cycle. We need to direct more funding and investments on education, on homes. We need to help these children break this vicious cycle.、Mm, speaking of tougher laws and more preventive efforts beforehand, which one is more important, though? You know, it doesn't have to be this way. There are studies that have shown that relatively cheap interventions, like putting at-risk kids in summer jobs program, can have a much more dramatic effect on crime rates than just simply locking them up. We can reduce incarceration rates and redirect some of the funds which are currently spent on corrections and direct them towards education that we know works. For example, significantly increasing teachers' salaries for great teachers willing to work in hard-to-staff schools, increasing access to high-quality preschool. Providing greater educational opportunity for students seeking a higher education, and for those individuals who are incarcerated, providing access to high-quality 
correctional education could provide a more positive and potentially more effective approach to both reducing crime and increasing opportunity amongst at-risk youth, particularly if they're in preschool and to year 12 contexts. Redirect the funds and we need to focus on high poverty schools. We can save money reduce violent crimes and increase economic activity or by redirecting prison funds into smart investments on education. But as things stands now, we taxpayers are getting a raw deal on criminal justice spending when they could be getting a free lunch. Thank you, Robin. Thank you so much, Alexi. On June the 17th, a man has been stabbed to death in East London. The victim, believed to be in his 40s, was found clubs in Welburn Lane and was later pronounced dead at the scene. His death was the fourth killing in London in three days. There have been two other stabbings and a shooting. I felt like heartbroken when reading out the news like this. I certainly agree with Alexi that the government should and have to put more into education, stop simply excluding children from school and try to provide them with more help. Stop crimes beforehand is really more important than ever, in my view. Best of Diverse FM. That's it for this week's podcast. Another chance to listen back to one of our previously show is called the Early Breakfast Show. I have been doing the um the first season in January and February 2019, and the second season uh, from April to August 2019. I think that was quite a great experience for me to know some new friends, new listeners, and discussing some of the new stories with uh, different perspectives on the show. So if you want to, you can always listen back to all the shows. Online, just with the homepage diversefm.weebly.com, and I'll be back with another guest, Jade, in the show next week, talking about one of the、uh, the news stories from around the world. Until then, have a wonderful day. Lots of love. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. To find out more, check out our website diversefm.weebly.com or email diverse.fm@foxmail.com. Until next time. Keep us in your timeline. Search Diverse FM on there on Twitter and Diverse FM on Weibo. You can also email us diverse.fm at foxmail.com. This is Diverse FM.